You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That Ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. Toya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Ashley Thomas, and welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of intelligent radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Good morning, Ashley. Thanks for being in the saddle with me again this morning as we bring on a returning special guest before we introduce our guest. If you will, say hello to the intellectual outcast out there listening and give them a little bit of your background as it relates to this morning's discussion question before we let the cat out the bag on the actual question. But thank you for being with me, Queen. Yeah, of course. Good morning, y'all. This is Ashley. I'm pretty sure you've heard me on a variety of shows. Um, but just for this show specifically in my nine to five, I'm a client ministry consultant. I manage a book of business about $6 million in assets for retirement plans, 401Ks, endowments, and foundations. Um, and I am a personal finance coach, owner of uh, Making Money Matter, LLC. And uh, this is what I do. I talk money. I talk what makes sense, financial priorities, and all that jazz. No, I love it. I love it. And without further ado, returning special guest, Michael Sutler II, the Chief Investment Officer of SE Capital. If you will, King, thank you for being with us again this morning. If you will, say hello to the intellectual, intellectual outcast listening as well as Ashley, as we're going to be holding it down with, in a fence, just the three of us. I don't know. Ashley may be with us just for an hour, so you may have a, some big shoes to fill if, if you got to do the whole, just, just you and me. So we'll see if we can figure it out without her if she has to dip. Uh, but hopefully we can handle it. But you know, you you just had you you did your thing on this thing. We usually get a lot of listeners when you listen. So let's see if we can put it off again today. But thanks for being with us again, King. How are you doing this morning? Good morning, bro. It's it's a, always great. This feels like a home type of thing. This is home court for me. So yeah, we have to go the whole route. So be it. Uh, and actually, good to hear from you again. Glad to see you joined us for this discussion. Uh, I'm looking forward to discuss, seeing how the discussion develops. 
No, absolutely. Tell them, tell them about it being the CIO of SC Capital, so they understand we're talking to an expert on this thing. I know, you know, I know you might not call yourself that, but I do. So, so you know, however you just tell them how long you've been messing around in this market, in, the, in these markets, before we let the cat the bag on this morning discussion question. Well, I started trading in 2005, but I started SC Capital in 2010 as an alternative investment manager, specifically trading commodity futures, uh, forex. A lot of the stuff that you see, everybody says that they can do, we actually do it for real. Uh, again, our book of, uh, book of business has expanded drastically since COVID, and I think a lot of our people have decided that they're looking for alternatives to uh, their standard investment strategy. So uh, we give advice to qualified investors, uh, which probably is a lot of your uh, listeners if they really take time to look. And I also, in addition to having run SC Capital for now 12 years, I'm also the founder of Blacks Academy, which is an educational company focused on delivering real quality education about the markets, about managing your money, and what that actually means, uh, the nuts and bolts of it, for uh, all of our communities in America. So, yeah, put those two together. And it's, it wasn't been like being the CIO. It's been an amazing time in the last two to three years. It was a grind before then. It's still some grind elements now, but I'm having more fun than I probably have had running the business the whole time. No, I love it. And um, we're going to very much highlight the education piece because, as you said, you do this in real life, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? The internet, a lot of people pretend to be doing the certain things. You do this in real life, and um, you've expanded beyond the actual level. As again, this is how you make your living in the market, if you will. But you've expanded beyond that to start educating people, which we'll be highlighting throughout this show. Because that's, at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to do here is dialogue and connect. You know, we're not, as I always say, we're not just a talk show. We, are, you know, we like to have these necessary conversations on race, sex, culture, and business in, Africa, in the African-American community. And the stock market being down for those who already dabble in the market, for those who are considering it, or for those who, in a sense, may be mesmerized by the Internet gurus. We have, a re- again, a guru in real life with us today, um, my man Michael Sutler. As we get into this morning's discussion question, stock market down. What are smart investors doing? Stock market down. What are smart investors doing? As I'm going to swing it to you as I, again, as our guest co-host and Queens of Intellect member, if you will, when you asked you to come on this show and I worded it, the question this way, what was your initial thought to the question being worded particularly that way? Oh, I don't know if they're ready for this conversation. <laughs> get love it. I love it. I love it. All right, we'll turn that very same question over to you, uh, Michael. Um, I said, hey, no perfect timing. Got some things coming up we're going to let the audience know about. But beyond the perfect timing, when I said let's word it this way, what was the first initial thought to the question being worded particularly that way? Rethink everything. That was like the very first thing that comes up. Whether you're scared or whether you're excited, I think you're pitched too far one way or the other. So it's rethink everything. Now, I like that initial thought. And you actually asked to, in a sense, start the show this way. So I'm going to add in one little thing before we go to break. And there was a real particular quote that I love 
and uh, you posted it. I just want you to give your thoughts on it before we go to our initial break, and then we'll get hot and heavy into this morning's discussion question. And uh, if we have a second, we may even give, let Ashley jump in on it as well. But I'm going to read this quote that you posted on your page, as a, almost like as a prelude to this morning's discussion question, right? And so that um, right. quote is um, by Benjamin O'Bram. He says, an institution with securities of its own to sell cannot be looked to for entirely impartial guidance. I'm going to say it one more time. An institution with securities of its own to sell cannot be looked to for entirely impartial guidance. Your thoughts on that quote as a prelude to this morning's discussion. Well, if I have something to sell you, am I doing it for your benefit or am I doing it for mine? And that brings up the principle issue that we have right now in not just finance, but just about every aspect of our lives, finance, politics, health. You can look across the spectrum and you see what I call is, uh, I haven't come up with this, but it's the principal agency problem. And it's you being the principal, you have something that somebody else wants. It's typically your money or sometimes it's your vote or sometimes it's just your opinion on a certain matter, and somebody else says that, hey, I am the expert, somebody like me or somebody like, you know, pick a celebrity, pick your favorite or least favorite politician. They say, I have a stance on a particular issue. I have information that makes my stance. You have to judge. Are they in it for themselves or are they in it for you? And is there some way to be a win-win versus them winning because they have the advantage and you losing and not knowing or not caring about it? So that's what started this out, and that's how, like I said, change everything about your mindset when you're talking about what do smart investors do. They break down this principal agency problem on a regular basis. I love it. I love it. That's a great opening. We're about to go to break. Ashley, we might give you a stab at that quote if you have any thoughts on it after the break. But let's go ahead and get this thing started. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Are you serious about learning how to earn significant income on a regular basis as a trader or investor in the U.S. stock or foreign exchange markets? If so, you may be the perfect student to learn technical analysis for trading or investing at the Blacks Academy. With over 15 years of experience in investment strategies, here's what a current student recently said about his experience at Blacks Academy. Yeah, this class has been excellent, and I've had a lot of experience trading, but um, this is the most exposure that I've had to breaking down the theory behind TA. I'm really excited to continue the journey. For a similar experience, don't allow new traders with overnight success to promise you riches they can't deliver on. Instead, learn the foundations of trading and investing the right way at Blacks Academy. To learn more, visit them at blacks.academy online. That's B-L-A-X-E dot academy. Or search for Blacks Academy on YouTube. You guys have friends who do stocks or you've been watching the news or been on social media. It seems like somebody is talking about stocks all the time. Maybe a friend you know might have said, I made X amount of dollars off of this trade or made this much percent on this stock. So what do you do? You download an app, you buy your first stock. 
and all of a sudden that stock may not do well. In the back of your mind, you're thinking, I'm investing into this company. And some of you guys, you have no idea why you're investing into it. You just hear about it from your friends. You bought that stock and that stock is in the red. So there are people who make a lot of money and there are people who lose a lot of money. And so you're wondering, should I trade or should I invest or what is the difference? So first, I want to go over what's considered long-term investing. I believe that it's buying into companies and holding them long-term, depending on how long you choose, uh, regardless of the short-term volatility and price action. In your long-term portfolio, you can have a mix of mutual funds, index funds, ETFs, and single stocks. And when it comes to trading, people usually like to trade single stocks and ETFs. Now, when it comes to trading, there's a lot of different ways and strategies you can trade, but the two most common ones are swing trading and day trading. Swing trading is when you buy into a stock and you hold that stock for a couple days, weeks, months, and then you'll sell it for a profit or possibly even a loss. Day trading, on the other hand, is buying a stock and selling that exact same day, holding no overnight positions. An example I can use is through an Apple stock. I have Apple stocks within my Roth IRA and my long-term investment portfolio, and I consistently buy into them without ever planning to sell them, unless they come out with really, really bad news and the company is losing value. At the same time, in my trading account, sometimes I like to buy Apple stocks and hold it for a couple days, maybe make a 5% gain, and then sell it. Or I'll buy Apple stock when it's down 2%, and then maybe throughout the day it'll go back up 2%, and then I'll sell it. Hope that made sense. But Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Ashley Thomas. Our special guest is Michael Sutler for this morning's discussion question. Stop market down. What are smart investors doing? And I think it's always appropriate to start with, in a sense, the definitions and the distinction of investing versus trading, which is a cut we actually paid the last, I think, the last time or the time before last, we actually had Joe and Michael when we had a discussion about the difference. Many people didn't know the difference, and I think it's imperative that we kind of lay out some foundational words and foundational definitions, if you will, um, as we go through this discussion as best we can. I want to, you know, in a sense, make room for those who are starting, and we'll get into some high-level technical analysis, hopefully, as well, for those who are already familiar. Um, but with that said, um, to take it back to what the quote real quick right before we get into to that cut, if you will, um, dialogue and connect. I mentioned that before the break, and we pride ourselves at Mentor Dialogue, the actual community club, in that we vet and find people who do understand, as you said, that distinction between principal and agency, Michael, when you talk about that quote, that quote pointing out that that is a major issue, as you said, in many of issues. And so I love to vet people and highlight somebody who understands that difference. Because here's the reality and putting it on the table, again, Blacks Academy is yours. We, we heard the commercial. So not only are you an expert, but you too are trying to educate, and you're in that same little dilemma that people are listening like, do I listen? Do I understand? Is this person really for me or is it just for themselves? So you're in that box and we don't mind putting it on the table because we vet and bring people who care about our community. So uh, let's have you address that very briefly and then I'll get Ashley's uh, thoughts on that as well and then we'll get into that cut. Well, you know, one of the major reasons I started Blacks Academy as an extension, if you will, to the community, was that as an investment advisor, trading advisor, I'm limited on what I can say to the public, what I will say to the public, 
because it's not worth my time. It's not worth the the regulatory, you know, mm-hmm. hurdles and, and, and pitfalls that could happen to publicly tell people what to do. Uh, you know, if they want that personalized advice, then come talk to us about. And again, we're very selective about who we take, but right. we've had no. You know, we everybody they've been knocking the doors down, which was not how I started. But the funny thing, having time during the pandemic to kind of slow down, look around, and I've been blessed with younger interns. I've been blessed with having, you know, kind of an ear to the pulse of what's going on. They would ask me about, well, what do you think about so-and-so on YouTube? I've never given any really a thought to, you know, somebody on YouTube or Instagram or any social media, TikTok. There's so many, quote-unquote, experts on TikTok, which I don't (laughs) understand that. If it took me 17 years to get to where I am now and I'm still learning, how in the world does somebody, you know, that was probably just in grade school during that time going to disseminate enough information to be considered an expert in 60 seconds or less? It was really quick to me to see who was real and who was fake, and it's not a shocker. Most of everything that I saw was fake, except for the few accounts that were really talking about real things that had low subscribership low, you know, whatever. So I decided since, you know, most of the ones that were real did not look like me, did weren't culturally like me, I was like, I needed to put my name in the hat. And Love it. since I did not necessarily need Blacks Academy to be my all in all, like make my bread, I make my bread in the market now. Right. You know, and then before then I was an engineering professional for over a decade. I needed something that I could spit the truth out. And hopefully it will catch hold as we cycle from this euphoria that we've seen to people actually going, well, man, I need some help, because I knew that was coming, and you learn that with experience. No, I love it. It's perfect. And the thing that I hope anybody out there catches is, uh, based on his series, the level of things that he's required to run his agency, he can't say the things that you hear on the Internet about that you hear quite often. He is limited in what he can guarantee, what he can promise, very limited to or whatever. And him having an educational course, again, we will be highlighting it throughout the show, but I'm glad we're getting this out the way at the very beginning, is the the, the huge difference is he can actually lose his, the way he really makes his money if he were to make a mistake at this educational opportunity with Blacks Academy. And that's really important. Yeah, that's really important. That's why we're leading with it. Yeah, if we didn't clarify yeah. that, it could sound like we're actually running into the actually the exact same agency problem. I got I got an expert on, and we're saying join the Blacks Academy. We wanted to make sure that that was right. very distinguished. <laughs> Ashley, jump in real quick, and then we're going to go ahead and really get hard into this conversation. Um, yeah, so I, I just think that um, oftentimes because there's so much information out there, people are bombarded, right? I'm in the same position as Michael, I'm licensed. I can't just go out and recommend anything. And I think that people have to take some of the ownership in this. You know, like, this is your life. This is your money. You are the expert on you. As experts on Michael's side, on my side, we're here to help you with what you already have. So in order for you to even, like, think about, taking advantage of the market or any of those things, you have to know where you stand and you have to know what it is that you desire because 
there's a thing called suitability, right? This, this is my biggest thing about people online is they don't understand those concepts. They don't understand what it means to be licensed. We don't speak in definitive. You will not hear a credible licensed representative say always or never because it doesn't apply. You don't know what's going to happen. And so when you are talking to professionals, you want to make sure that, you know, they have something to lose, right? For me, you can yeah. pull me up on broker check and find me and see like, hey, has she had any issues against her? But it's about right. being an expert on what's going on for you before you turn to anyone else. And oftentimes people are not an expert on them, their finances, where they stand, what they want, before they go to other people and give away their power. And and that's the biggest issue that I have um, when it comes to these kinds of conversations. You have to be sure about who you are and where you stand. doesn't matter if you like it or not, but you have to be sure in that. No, I love it, and um, I love to highlight what you do with Making Money Matters is help people get that foundation, because here's the reality. When you're seeing all this stuff on the Internet, the reality is, and Mike, Michael's already said, they're very rest- kind of restrictive in who they take anyway, but even if it's not about Michael, and again, that's not the goal here, that's not the focus here, but we're just highlighting how to avoid being bamboozled, one, by all the information you hear on the Internet, but the the other aspect of it is that what you do specifically is give people the foundation before they should even turn to a Michael. A lot of times you're seeing people make money in a certain area when it comes to investing yeah, yeah. and people are jumping to something and they don't have the foundational things. And I hope we can, we'll bring that out today and I don't want to bore them with the foundation so we can get into some of this conversation, but hopefully we'll bring it out as the conversation goes forward. So I'm going to go ahead and kind of get started on the discussion question now that we've really laid the foundation for the difference for why what what happens with these licensed people. And and also it gives us a little credibility to even get that laid out, that that's all we try to bring to people in the community, whether you're a listener or part of our club. With that said, um, here's a quote uh, from a brother I'd hope to have on. So I'm going to be quoting uh, this brother by the name of Charles Oglesby from Todd, Todd Capital. I'm going to quote him throughout, and I would definitely want to hear your thoughts on some of this um, as well, Michael. So the first quote that I got from the brother was, The stock market is never obvious. It is designed to fool most people most of the time. The stock market is never obvious. It is designed to fool most people most of the time. And, again, that's a quote from Charles Oglesby from Todd Capital. Your thoughts on that quote, Michael? Well, you know, it's funny. He says never obvious. That's the only thing I I would kind of laugh at. It's obvious what's going on when you open up your portfolio and all you see is red, you know, there's a point of obvious, uh uh-oh, in the market. But I get what he's saying. You know, what he's talking about is the, what everybody comes in for is the upside. And he's right. The upside is never really obvious. Um, To be frank with you, even in my day-to-day affairs, in and out of the market, short-term, mid-term, long-term, we have a term I call happy accident. Our goal is not to predict and I tell people that all the time, even though we use a lot of math, we use sophisticated tools, you know, a lot of thought goes into our decision-making. But at the end of the day, we only can control so much of it. The rest of it is left up to chance, probability, luck, whatever you want to call it. And you have to be very honest about that. So that part, in, in a sense, is never obvious. But what he, like you said, it does fool – well, no, 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 I'll take it back. It, I won't say the stock market fools people. People fool you. You fool yourself. The whole game itself is predicated on 
you believing what you think is real and going to take action on that. No, I like that. I like that. Ashley, any thoughts on that? And I'm going to ask another question if you have any thoughts on that. Um, so I, I agree with Michael on on his take on the quote. I personally don't like it, right, because okay. I, it's, to me it's like it, it takes away some of the responsibility. I don't think that the market fools you. The market is going to perform yeah. exactly how it's going to perform. You have to understand yeah. that no one knows how it's going to perform, right? Like that that is a fact. No one knows. Yep. And even as an investor, there's a certain degree of risk that you're always taking, even on that safe bet, because you don't have all of the information. You don't know what the company's planning on doing. You don't know what the board of directors. You don't know what's going to happen with the economy and how that's going to impact those businesses six months, a week down the line, right? We just don't know. So for me, I, I, I don't think that it necessarily fools you. I think that once you understand how the market works, you understand that you're taking a risk regardless, and this is why it goes back to that foundation. You have to know what it is that you want to achieve so that you can stick to that regardless of how the market operates. Now, it makes sense. And let me oh, let me highlight this as well. Oh, did you have something to say, Michael? Go ahead. No, that's, just, that's number two I've been counting. Uh, actually, uh, the first one you said <laughs> before you give away your power, like that one gave me shivers. I was like, oh. I remember Ashley now. She, she drops these little balls, and, and, and that one, you know, that just echoes. You know, I've learned from going from engineering where we think we know everything to going to market mm-hmm. where I know I know nothing. And yep. that's a really – that's an, you have to take your ego out of the way yes. and set that aside if you want to get your goals. And you just said that, and I was just like, ooh, there's another one. So you just dropped two, two dimes on them. I love so, it. No, I love it. I love it. And so um, just to highlight this before I even keep going, because um, something that Ashley keeps alluding to, and I just want to make sure, again, um, we'll say this is going to get deeper for those who are not just starting out, so stay with us. But I definitely want to make sure we're covering for somebody who's listening that's thinking about getting in the market or want to learn how to take advantage of a down market, like you really, you know, maybe you got some extra funds and you want to take advantage of it. And so, um, so just work with us as we get this baseline and keep going deeper with it. And so something that Ashley keeps alluding to when she keeps keeps saying, know what you want, know who you are. And so the first place to start, and again, this is not just a beginner's thing, but we've got to say this. The first place to start is having a risk assessment of where you stand with finances. Mm -hmm. So you've gotten your foundation. I mean, I would say I've talked to somebody like Ashley who's you know, showed you how to budget in a smart way, who showed you how to make sure you got the right amount of insurance and you got your foundation and now you've got some money to play with in one of these markets. And in doing so, you don't want to step out without knowing your own personal risk assessment or whatever. And a lot of people do fail to find out if they are a conservative investor or they are risk takers. And without knowing that, that's what she's talking about, knowing yourself. So I don't want that to sound hard. There are assessments that you can get to figure out who you are, but some people start investing without one of those assessments. Ashley, it sounds like you want to say something about that before I ask another question. Go ahead, Queen. Yeah, no, that I mean, it's it's just so imperative that people do that because this is like me having talked to thousands of people, going out to companies and talking to people, investing in their 401Ks and all of these things, and it's often, oh, well, um, my friend is in this, or, oh, the guy in the office that his 401K is doing well, he does this. 
Okay, but that doesn't mean that it's a match for you, right? Part of investing is knowing that you can the, – the biggest thing for where I'm at in my life right now is, is it sustainable? Can you keep doing this thing, right? Because it, it sounds good to pump $5,000 into Bitcoin until Bitcoin starts dropping down and now you've lost that money. So you have to know – what type of investor am I? Because once you know that, it makes it easier for you to determine what you can invest in and what you're not comfortable investing in. It makes it easier for you to stomach those downturns because you're taking the risk that is appropriate for you. We do not all have the same risk tolerance, and it's very, very critical that you know what type of investor you are because it sets you up for success because then, you can identify after some research like, oh, what this person is saying does not align with the type of investor I am. Or, oh, what this person is doing is a little bit too conservative for me. I, I'm capable and willing to take more risk, right? Like you have to know that. Or you're always going to get the wolves pulled over your eyes and, and you're not going to take risk. It's 100% your responsibility to know that. Other things about the market, the technical analysis, those skills and things, those fancy reports that Michael and his team run, you don't have to know all of that. That's when you turn to a Michael so you know that. But you do absolutely, you are required to know as an investor those basic fundamental information about yourself. Yeah, and you can literally go look up risk assessments um, yep. in reference to the type of investor you are. That's a simple thing to do. Uh, you know, I might want to take more than one or two because you want to necessarily depend on one assessment, if you will, but that's how you take that responsibility. So I think it's definitely a proper way. We've laid the foundation. Um, so I'm going to ask you one quick question, if you can, because this is the question that everybody wants, right? Mike, when you said everybody comes in for the green, right, not the red. Everybody comes in for the gains. Can you really get rich during a down market? If you can give me a quick answer so we can go to another break, but just can you get rich during a down market? Because that's what we hear about, that people get rich during down markets. We're currently in a down market. Can you get rich? What's your answer to that, Mike? <laughs> My answer is rich investors get richer in down markets. Smart investors get rich in down markets. Everybody else gets slaughtered just like the markets. So that should give you some insight as to how it works, how it really works. So it's a yes with a very strong caveat. Oh, I love that caveat. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Hey, Smithoff, where you find that Prince sign of the times on vinyl at? Real talk, you got a dope vinyl collection. What, you been collecting them like over the years or something? No, actually, I just started my collection. But my man Tobago over at DBS Sounds, he be hooking me up. You remember DBS Sounds? On the south side, they still around? I figured most of the record stores in Atlanta be closed by now. Hey, vinyl is the new wave, and DBS Sounds got the best collection in town. You can still go there and flip through vinyl. They still got CDs and mixtapes, too. Let me check their IG page at DBS Sounds ATL. They still be having artists in stores and everything. Hey, you want to run by there? Hey, man, I ain't got time right now. I got to go back to Cali tomorrow, but I might have to catch them next time. Oh, nah, you good. Even when you get home, you can just shop at their online store at dbssounds.com. They'll ship directly to you anywhere in the country. Matter of fact, jump on dbssounds.com on your phone and order straight from there. Word? Hey, I'm about to get my music game up. Hey, what's their address in case I get a chance to swing by there? I'm, I'm going to pick up that new Kendra Lamar CD. Oh, they at 6604 Highway 85, Riverdale, Georgia. Bet. 
So think about options is different than any of the courses I taught, like real estate, vending machines, is you have to have big money to get into those things. Mm. You gotta have big credit to get into those things. To make money with options, you gotta have 50 bucks. Mm. If you can afford to buy the course, you can afford to open a free Robinhood account, if you can afford to put 100 bucks in that account, 50 bucks in that account, you can be making money in options. In fact, you can do it with paper trading and do it with no money at all. That was another key to my success is the low barrier of entry for my customers. They could just start practicing immediately. Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Ashley Thomas. This morning's discussion question, stock market down, what are smart investors doing? So we have on special guest Michael Sutler from SC Capital. So we hear a cut. Again, hoping to have this brother on, but I wanted to highlight this um, in particular as we go take this up a level, if you will, um, brother Charles Ogilvie over at Tide Capital as a class on options. So we're kind of jumping straight into a term, if you will, and just wanted to highlight this because I hear this term all the time. I hear people have a lot of success, and as he kind of pointed out, it's a, it's, it, it's a low money. There's a possibility of a low money point to get into it or starting point, if you will. But if you will, Michael, just to throw it out real quick, what is options trading? Again, there's so many places you can invest, and we can get into more of that. But I just wanted to throw that out very briefly because I hear that a lot right now. And Ch- Charles is doing an amazing job um, uh, with sharing and teaching people how to do that. But what is options trading, if you don't mind jumping into that? Well, first, we'll, we'll define an option itself. An option is exactly what it sounds like. It gives you the right to buy or sell some type of financial security, which could be a stock or a bond or ETF or currency or commodity, at some standardized number of shares at some future date. And what it really is interesting about options is, is that it's really a legally binding contract between the option writer or seller and the option buyer who in most cases most people will be an option buyer and i love the world of options in one sense but i absolutely abhor what it has become in this part of the market cycle because it becomes a thing like you hear everybody makes money in options right when in <laughs> truth i will stand i will bet money of your listeners of your future listeners of my future students, whoever's listening to me right now, I'm here to say that most of y'all will not make consistent money trading options because the truth about options is that they're complex. They're what we call nonlinear, which means that if we're thinking one plus one equals two, in the option world, one plus one could equal seven or minus zero, you know, minus minus negative one. (laughs) They're very complex financial instruments. They're wonderful. One of the reasons or one of the things that could have helped a lot of people out as the market started falling this year, fall started from the from the jump of 2022, they could have used options not to trade in short-term speculative profits, but to hedge themselves against loss. And you ask what smart investors do, they hedge themselves by understanding what the financial products are meant to do. Options are very versatile because, again, it's in the name. It's options. You have an option to do this at some future time in the, in, the, in the future. But 
that option contract also acts like insurance, but sometimes in reverse. You're paying for something that might not happen, and when you're wrong, you lose what you paid for that option. You could Some options are cheap. They can be as little as $10. You could pay $10 million for an option. There are some option traders that do. They get down like that. But if you don't really understand the world, and trust me, if you haven't really, you don't understand this world because it's not designed for that. So that's a long-winded version, but that's my take on options. They're a wonderful financial tool. They're built for risk management. But the way people have learned to use them is for speculation. But the, like I said, the principal agency problem comes in here. Oh, everybody's making money. I knew people who made money three or four months out of 2020 made hundreds of thousands of dollars. They lost that and some in the next few weeks. Months up, weeks down. And they're not going to come to and the internet and tell you, tell you about the L. They're only highlighting yeah. the three months they up. They only wins. <laughs> And that's called survivorship bias. We only see the wins, and we don't actually get the chance to verify those. That's real. And, and again, we're, you're going to hear a consistent theme as we're jumping through these different subject matters. And as, as, you, as you hear Michael say, it's a wonderful tool. Here's the reality. And that's the dialogue we're having. What are smart investors doing? As he said, smart investors are using it to hedge if they understand the complex tools, but the key of what I heard Michael say was if you're educated on it, and that's going to be the consistent theme throughout this conversation because, as Ashley said, sometimes we're, without even knowing our own assessment, what our risks are, we're jumping in because our friend did it, and at the end of the day, that's not education. That's just you copycatting, hoping that it works, and it may work for a period of time, for three months, you're way up, and nine months later, you're down, you're down lower than what you were up. We got a question coming in from 661, last 3362. Let's get them live on the air. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Um, hi, my name is um, Ty. I'm calling from California. Um, thank you so much just for having this dialogue. Um, I have two questions, because um, I, I keep hearing the theme of, of making sure that you're educated, but to be fluid, I am, um, you know, really a beginner at this, so I think it's kind of hard not to see, like, the sensationalism maybe of, like, people's highlights, and so if maybe um, the guest speakers can give some, some suggestions on some possible books for, like, a new beginner to be able to digest to kind of start that um, that foundation of learning, um, would, would you be able to recommend one or... or Ashley, I'll start with you because, again, you take people from the really the beginning stages before they get to a Michael. Uh, both of y'all can answer, but I just want to ask you to jump in first. Um, so for me, I would say I don't necessarily have a book. Um, there is one that I do recommend to people. It's not necessarily um, just about investing, but it does give you a good foundation. It's called the Infographic Guide to Personal Finance. Uh, and it's by Michelle Kagan. That's Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-E, last name Kagan, C-A-G-A-N. Um, and it, it goes into the basics about what an ETF is, what an index fund is, um, all of that information. But for me, when I'm talking to people that are trying to get the education, I recommend, one, you find a brokerage account um, where you are comfortable navigating the site. Be comfortable with how the layout is. Um, and most of these brokerage firms, right, because they have to provide education. That's not optional. So they should have all types of 
um, what is a stock, what is an option. It should have all of that basic information in there. You just have to take the time to do that. And another site that I personally love that I used when I was studying to get licensed is investopedia.com. One of the things that I really love about Investopedia is that it gives you the technical definition of that term, but it also comes back and tells you the layman's definition of that term. So you're getting that technical aspect, but you're also getting, oh, this is what they're really saying. So that, for me, is my biggest recommendation for people. I know just from other conversations that Michael will definitely have some books, um, but for me, that, that's where I stand with recommendations if you're starting to get that knowledge on investing. Yeah, and I want to highlight how much I love actually always going to the infogram as a basis yes. of of understanding terms. And it reminds me of a Fred Taylor from the Pivot. For those who are familiar with, um, well, he was on it was he was on the I Am Athlete when he said this, but now he's on the Pivot podcast. But I just think it's a cool thing because we always think about the athletes with their big dollars and things, and they should do better with their money. And I remember Fred Taylor specifically saying that when he would first when he first started getting his money was getting phone in the rooms to say what he could do with his money, he realized his biggest issue was he didn't know the terms. So by not knowing the terms, he was in those meetings checking his head yes and no, and it was a whole different language. And it was, I forgot who he said, either somebody tipped him to learn the terms, and it was once he studied the terms, he started making better financial decisions. So I love that recommendation, um, Ashley. Michael, any recommendations for Ty as well? Look, I'm I'm here to co-sign Investopedia for sure, mm-hmm. uh, because and and again, here here's another thing. We keep I, I get the insistence on you know the books and things because again, I've read over 200 books on trading and investing alone, and if we spread if I took time, it's probably even more than that. But Investopedia, and believe it or not, I've even seen even the finance section on Wikipedia expand over the years from when I first started looking in 2005 to what it has now. There is so much there, but I think Investopedia is a great one. There's also mm-hmm. Visual Capitalist. You won't get a lot of the bare-bone basics, but I think if you use Investopedia as a reference guide and you also yeah. go to Visual Capitalist, you'll kind of see how the world – you get the, the terms, and then you can see, oh, well, this is what they mean when they talk about consumer price inflation or GDP or what all these terms that you hear on the news misused, I think visualcapitalist.com is another great spot. Now, in terms of books, this one is not – because – and I'll caveat this. I'm glad you kept me second. I don't like the idea of being a beginner because, to me, I'm a forever student, and so my mind works. And I know everybody's mind works differently. My mind is one that says that, Give it to me as it is, and I will reach up to to get to that level, how long mm-hmm. ever it takes. And maybe that's why my journey has been this long with the markets. But one of the finest books on how to invest, not necessarily the terms, but the one that I taught, well, I'll give you two. The one, The Intelligent Investor, this is the one also by Benjamin O. Graham. This is, and Benjamin O. Graham, for reference, is Warren Buffett mentor, he's the guy who put Warren Buffett on such that he locked in and became one of the most legendary investors of any era. But the intelligent investor is, to me, like a – and I avoided it when I first um, 
got into mm-hmm. because I was more into trading, which is more short-term oriented, which is mm-hmm. not what they were talking about. But I find myself now as an accomplished trader and investor, I love reading back through the intelligent investor, securities analysis. There's also a book by oh, let's see. There's so, there's so many. I'm thinking of the book by Howard Marks. This book, yeah, I'm trying to think of the name of it. Howard Marks. And if it comes, to, Marks, you later, and if it comes to you most, later, I got you, you bring the other way. Yeah, the most important thing. That's the name of it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The most, the most important thing. Awesome. And, then, and then my and then my second question, and thank you so much for that, is I own a business, and I was curious if, as a business person, can you actually, like, do stock with your business, or does it just oh have God, to be from yeah. an individual person? Oh, so let's do this, Michael. Let's do this, Michael, because i got to go to break. Go so let's have you answer that question coming out of this break, if you will. Ty, we'll keep you on for that answer as well. I'm going to put you on hold for a second, but we'll bring you back after the break so Michael can answer that question as well. Great question. For anybody else out there on the line, you do have to press 1 if you want to get in on this discussion. If you're online and want to get in on this morning's discussion, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, that's 646 646- Seven eight seven one six nine one. You do have to press one to let us know you want to speak. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Are you intimidated by money? Why, this is a question most people never think to ask themselves. But when forced to think about it, many people realize they have unrecognized fears that truly affect how they deal with money. If you want to learn more about money and the fears that keep you from prosperity, join us for Making Money Matter Mondays where money meets mental health with personal finance coach Ashley Thomas and psychotherapist Dr. Katrina Pitts. Every second Monday of the month, find out if you're intimidated by money and what to do about it. To receive a link to this free Zoom event, please DM the Making Money Matter or the Mental Dialogue Instagram pages or contact 404-604-9477. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Again, I am your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Ashley Thomas. Ashley, if you will, please highlight Making Money Matters, which we got in a couple nights, if you could just throw it in there, especially if you're, I would say, uh, I love how Michael said, hey, I don't like the term beginner or whatever, but if you are trying to figure this money thing out, that's what you do best, especially getting the foundation before you start playing, if you will, with your money or trying to learn how to invest the additional money to make more money, if you will. Tell them about Making Money Matters, in particular, the one we're doing on Monday, if you will, Queen. Yeah, so uh, Making Money Matters is just the, the Monday show is just an opportunity for you to come on and ask your questions to me as a professional right, to get answers to real-life issues that you're having in your life. And we also have Dr. Katrina Pittman on there as well just to kind of address the mental health aspect for it because a lot of people tend to think that it's the money. It's not. It really isn't. Like, the money is simple. Either you have it or you don't have it. What we're really battling is all of those emotions, that trauma, all of these things that are happening in the background. And so this is why we partner with Dr. Pittman so that we can have these conversations so that we can move to the other side and really ensure that you are building from a secure financial foundation 
that you essentially have all your ducks in a row. So it's a free conversation. It's typically an hour, but honestly, we always go over one hour. We're always staying on because we're getting questions. We're getting engagement. We would love to have you on there. It's 100% free. So join the conversation. No, absolutely. And if you will, just in particular, what's Monday's conversation about? Because I think people really should consider joining this. You do have to DM Ashley, she, and she'll tell you before she leaves um, how to follow her. You can DM me if you're already following Mental Dialogue, and we'll send you the link. It is a Zoom, but you do have to get the link, so let me highlight that. But tell them in particular what the show is about, and then we'll answer um, Ty's question. Yeah, so we're going to be starting off our next segment. This this particular call on Monday is just going to be about um, important financial conversations, important financial documents, right? So we'll be talking about wills and beneficiaries, um, power of the attorney, all of these different forms. Um, if you haven't heard of them, if you don't have them in place, you definitely want to join this call because after this conversation for the next three months, we'll be going over insurance and making sure that you are insured and taking care of your family and making sure that everything is together in the event that the worst case scenario happens. No, I love it. And for Michael, who has the Blacks Academy, if you will, I will highlight that, again, he's particular about who he chooses, but he likes for people to have all those things in order before they're trying to come to him and learn how to get more money in this market. Mm -hmm. And, and again, that's the mistake a lot of people make. With that said, Michael, go ahead and answer Todd's question about her having a business. I'm going to bring her back live just in case she has a response to what you have. But, yeah, if you could kind of break down her and say, hey, can I do this with my business? Go ahead, brother. Go ahead and explain that, uh, if you will. Well, you know, I'm so thankful that she teed up both of these questions, but I'll lead in with this. Most of the most successful businesses that you can think of, Apple, Amazon, ExxonMobil, IBM, we know them for their products. But what we mm-hmm. don't realize is that they are voracious investors in other things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes one of the funny stories I can remember is when Microsoft itself invested in Google. When it started up, because they they saw what potential you and you would think these are rivals in mm-hmm. the tech space and have been, but at Google's onset, the guys at Microsoft could see the potential and they invested a lot of money into Google. I think the same thing happened for Apple as well, which created some contention between Steve Jobs and Bill Gates, is that they invested in the company. Company rose. And then they pull some of their investments to take the profits and run somewhere else. So the question that you ask, can you invest in, as a business? You absolutely can. And by my estimation, depending on your business, you absolutely should because there are some long-term benefits to you. The main things being that if you're planning for retirement, and this is something that I use, you can have different types of IRAs set up for you that give that allow you as a business owner to invest, to save more money, and whether you're doing it as a Roth or a traditional or a mix of the two, you have an advantage over somebody who, again, has a 9-to-5 job, the 401K, because you're taking more risk being a business owner. And in doing so, you can follow – and I typically just – none of the stuff I'm really talking about is new. I'd like to take models that have worked – tweak them for, like Ashley says, for my own purposes, knowing myself. 
seeing what works, knowing, knowing, knowing how it works for myself, and that's an added benefit. The other added benefit is when inevitably your business faces hard times, if you have other assets that you're saving up, that you've built, that you've invested in, it can help your business stay afloat during these uncertain times, during recessions, or during just the unforeseen. So absolutely, you can, I think, should look into investing for your business. But I caveat that again, you need people who understand, like Ashley, like myself, to help you understand the psychology. And I'm glad you're, you know, you're making money Mondays talks about this because money is really at the root a, a deeply psychological thing. So, yes. Yeah. No, I love it. Let me let me ask you. I think we can get some clarity here. Um, I love what you I, and I love what you just said. I think a question, and I'll let her speak for herself. But I think a question also relates to can she set up her business to be invested in? I think that's part of a question. But I love that you laid it out because, as you said, a lot of people don't think, "Hey, can I invest enough in other businesses to keep my own business afloat?" So I think you laid out. Maybe wrong, but um, Ty, did I understand your question? Wrong, or was that part of it, too? Because, again, I love his answer, so I didn't want to cut that off because people need to hear that as well. But I thought I might have heard you asking about setting up your own business for it as well. Did I hear that, or did I miss that? Oh, oh, oh no. Oh, oh, no. He, he answered it well because I Perfect. wasn't okay, – I, I think I kind of was confused um, about when people say, like, as a business owner, you can't put your money into the business because then, like, you okay. guys have – you have an EIN and it's just SSI or SSN, you know, so – Sorry. Um, I So he answered it correctly. I just didn't know if the business, cause the business can do its own stock. So that was super helpful. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So he, he understood it better than I did. Now, that was perfect. Then thank you for that. Uh, both those questions, Ty. Again, anybody out there listening, all you have to do is press one, and you could be like Ty and get in on this discussion. And Ty, if you want to jump off and jump back on, you a regular listener, you know how to do that as well. Um, did, um, did I hear something in the background, Mike? Did you just want to say something else or – the, the yeah, I want to tell her to oh, yeah, go, ahead, go ahead and reach out to. I want to tell her to reach out to myself and Ashley on that subject. There's, I know I could talk for hours on it. Would love to hear it. I know, just by, you know, dipping into a couple sessions with Ashley before and, and knowing what she's about, she's got it too. So I, I, I want to say, hey, pick one of us. I don't care which one, but but please talk to us about that. <laughs> yeah, I, we will. I love do that. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Todd gives a long time listener, and um, and we and just to highlight this, we will do a dial, we will do a three way just to get you connected. We've done that plenty of times. We've done it with Michael. We've done it with Ashley. So um, yeah, she'll definitely take advantage of that. And that's just again, since she's curious, yeah, she can get started off with an expert by your side. You can't really beat that. So yeah, we'll definitely do that. And that's just highlighting what we ultimately do every Saturday morning dialogue and connect. We're not just here for the talk. We're here to connect you to experts so that you can progress in your life in whatever areas that we're speaking of. Speaking of that, here's a thought that I wanted to hear from both of you. Another quote from the brother Charles Oglesby that I highlighted for Todd Capital. Uh, one of his quotes that I pulled for today's show was, focus on your money, brother. Take some more chances. Focus on your money, brother. Take some more chances. So I'll just highlight this very briefly. When I saw that quote, when it comes to the idea of the stock market, right, um, a good friend of ours was Michael uh, Mark Hollywood Ranger, as we call him Hollywood, always says three ways to get rich in this country, owning a business, stock market, or real estate. And to a degree, there's, 
in, within the culture to a degree. It's typically, there's not a lot of us. We are starting to jump into it more. And, you know, until you, both of yours and Ashley point, you're trying to have people jump into it the right way versus listening to all the misinformation or over-information on the Internet. Um, but with that said, as a culture, to a degree, we are typically very conservative in general. Again, individuals may have more risk tolerance. You are, you know, not that risk averse. That's why you do what you do and do it very well because you're not afraid of it, if you will. But as a culture, well, that's what that's what it made me think about when I saw that quote from Charles. It says, "Focus on your money, brother. Take some chances." So what I particularly heard, and me relating it to the black culture specifically, knowing that we are conservative and specifically with our money, you know, we might play the lotto before we, in a sense, take a chance in the stock market. A will. I'm not saying one. And in reality, if you don't know what you're doing, they're essentially the same thing. So let me be real clear there. If you don't get the education, it, it, it doesn't matter if you play in the lotto or the stock market as far as that goes. But here's what I really put out of worse. I'm sorry, say it again? I said the lotto is still worse statistically. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's very fair. No, absolutely. That's fair. Let me, yeah, let me not, yeah, let me, yeah, let's definitely say that to some degree. So that's fair. Uh, but with that said, Here's what I particularly pulled out, and here's what I want to hear your thoughts on, Michael. It says, focus on your money, brothers. What I'm hearing is what y'all have been consistently saying today. When he just simply makes the line, focus on your money, brother. It's if you focus on your money in a way that you typically don't, and you become an expert and understand what's going on with you and your money, then that's when you should take the chances versus listening to a friend, don't focus on your money, and hope something happens. A lot of people are doing that when they're taking these chances. But to his point, focusing on your money is coming to learn, one, like y'all said, who you are and understanding specific aspects of your money. And once you do, you're, it's a better way to take a chance, if you will, in these markets. Your thoughts, King? Ooh, I'm glad you brought this one up because it points right back to this principal agency thing. I understand exactly what he means by when he says focus on your money. But let's be real. We're humans. Right. What our real focus is always on, unless we have some sort of detriment, is our relationships. Our relationships with ourselves, our relationship with our family and friends. That's why we trust our friends, right? Right. That's why we take that advice. That makes there is sense. an element of trust that has to go with your relationship with money. And it has, again, Ashley can probably speak to this, you know, and the doctor much better than I, on how much your past, your present, your experiences. So I would caveat that and say, focus on your experiences, because even for me in this world of money, I learned how to make money trading short term, then long term, but I lost a great deal of that when I lost sight of this. My most important relationships are the things that have buoyed me in times with money, with times without money, rebuilding, creating. It's the relationships, and our relationship with ourselves deep down will reflect eventually our relationship with money. No, I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's an, another quote I didn't pull from him, but I'm going to try to paraphrase it based on what you just said because uh, we only got a minute, and I want to make sure Ashley lets people know how to keep in touch with her if she still if she still needs to go. Um, but it's something that um, Charles Overby also said is um, to a degree, your 
where you're at financially is a, is really a reflection of the things you just talked about. And I'm just, just a real bad paraphrase of something he said. He said it way more succinctly. But Ashley, if you will, um, do you still need to go? And if you do, I want to make sure people know how to stay in contact with you and, you know, make sure they get in touch with us for Making Money Matters on Monday, if you will. Go ahead, Queen, and let people know how they can stay in contact with you. But thank you so much for holding us down for the first hour. Yeah. Um, so I have like 15 more minutes. I don't know if okay. you want me to provide the information now or. Well, go ahead and give it because we asked and then we'll keep you on for another segment. I'm always glad to have you for one more okay. segment. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah, uh, real quick. Let's do the IG real quick and then we'll get more at the end after the next segment. Okay. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Making Money Matter LLC. Sounds good. All right, we got it for another segment, y'all. Glad to have her. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Truth Seekers, please understand, Mental Dialogue is much more than just a talk show. Each and every Saturday, we communicate with you for two reasons, to dialogue and connect. On the dialogue side, we cater to you intellectual outcasts who feel you have no place for honest discourse on race, sex, culture, and African-American business. On the Connect side, we've created a community where you can connect with experts specifically in finance, whether personal or business, and mental health, whether it's trauma or to optimize performance, along with all the other skill sets from other MD community members. Our mission was to create a virtual nationwide neighborhood where African Americans learn to trade ideas, goods, and services through social media, meetups, and this podcast. To become a neighbor of the Mental Dialogue Community Club, please visit us at mentaldialogue.com. We are better with you than we are without you. We can be neighbors even though we don't live next to each other. Hashtag raise the culture. Montoya, are you there? Michael, are you there? I am. I don't know. Oh, y'all, y'all can't hear me? No. no. You couldn't. <laughs> um, I, was praying, I was praying something in the background. Y'all can't hear it? No. Nope. Oh, wow. Okay. I wasn't, me... wasn't going to cut up like the last time I was on your show. <laughs> no, I got you. No, thank y'all for jumping in. Let me know y'all couldn't hear anything. Good, good. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to play this one more time and ask can y'all hear it. If you don't hear it, I'll go without it. I was actually trying to play a cut, Michael, from actually one of your Blacks Academy um um meetings, if you will. And um if y'all can't hear it, then I'll go without. We need, we need that. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna try to play yeah, we need it. Again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to try to play it again. So uh, it might be the way I have the mic. Let me change the mic based on, and it should, and hopefully y'all will hear it. I, I, almost, in two seconds, let me see if y'all can hear something. One, one thousand, two, one thousand. Can y'all hear anything right now? My negative. Could not hear anything. Oh, that is weird. Nope. My mic normally picks up, picks this stuff up. All right. Give it one more try. Not today. Yeah, it normally picks it up. You can't hear anything? Nope. All right, we'll go without it. Sorry, y'all. We got some technical difficulties. Uh, I was actually highlighting, uh, just to give you a a little insight, Mike, it was from your key global macroeconomics event, plus how the Fed's new plan for inflation can affect your portfolio. And you were highlighting um, 
how you were able to take advantage or not well how y'all were able a lot of smart investors again that's this morning's discussion right, right. right you were highlighting um how smart investor i think if i if i remember the term correctly because i i hate that y'all can't hear it but if i remember correctly something about a resale was or so, i think that was the word you used and how you were able to take advantage of the down market in a way that many investors are not familiar with and people like yourself are eyeing that at times like this. So I'm trying to give you a little bit of context that I can give you. I w- I'd rather have played so people could hear the actual analysis that you gave in that time, but I knew I wanted to ask you about that concept of, again, what do smart investors do? I listened to that and was like, okay, that's what y'all were doing during this time because, as you mentioned earlier in the show, most people get slaughtered during down markets, but y'all were, you were focused on your, you know, the, that re, I think if I understood it, a resale, and I'll let you kind of jump in and explain that because I thought it was a good context for how smart investors move very different than others. Again, I hate that you can't hear the cut, but I'll let you do your best to kind of pull out what you may have been speaking about at that time. Okay. Well, so one of the ways, and this is kind of a, again, watch our YouTube channel, Black Academy at YouTube, and we put out these monthly market mixes that we talk about our strategies, and we'll talk about what we got right the last month and what we got wrong So we, because that's a big part of it. But I'm telling you to, to the point of what you're talking about now is that it's about balance when investors – and that's why I say don't, don't think of yourself necessarily as a beginner. I like people to say, hey, I'm a student of the market. Let's stay there where I'm always accustomed to learning. I'm always accustomed to gaining new experience, and in doing that, a lot of new investors came in, tens of millions of new investors came in when the downturn happened, you know, into coronavirus and the two years that followed. What they did not realize was that markets, and actually said this too, markets go both ways. And we look at a lot of different factors. Uh, some of them are data points and statistics. Some of them are looking at the sentiment of the people around you. You can tell by how likely a market is to turn sometimes just by listening to who people who are outside of the market are talking, what they're talking about. For example, nobody was talking about Bitcoin or cryptocurrency in 2010. Very few people were still talking about it in 2015. Everybody was talking about it in 2017. You had your first downturn. Then you take it two more years. You know, then everybody and their grandmother, is it's, it's become something of pop culture. When you start realizing that the adoption or the um, of something being viable to the public, who, for lack of research, lack of whatever you want to call it, remains largely, and I hate to, you know, use the word because it seems like it's pejorative, but it's ignorant or unlearned of the thing, when they're still talking about it. You don't necessarily want to be an investor in that thing. You would rather take the other side of that than what we're talking about is. And this is, again, this gets more into trading than investing, but the idea of being able to short markets. And short means to sell. Just like, and most people are not familiar with the idea, but it's very simple. Just like you can buy something and hope that it goes up in value. Mm-hmm. There's somebody who can sell something by borrowing it or making some type of deal or exchange, 
and then buy it back later for the difference in price because if you think about it graphically, if something goes from $100 up to 1000 that's a $900 difference, right? That goes mm-hmm. both ways. If I can sell it to you, sell it to you at 1000 and then come back buy it, later buy it for 100 I still pocketed the same amount of money. Just have to think about it. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So that's how you're when you say you're making money when it goes down, and that's a concept that if you did if you didn't break it down as simple as you just did, people usually just hear that term and have no idea what smart investors are doing while the market is moving down. That makes so much sense, just hearing it that simple. Now, I must say that selling the market is extremely risky, but I always caveat this with, like what I said about with options, there are ways, if you learn what you're doing, to limit the amount of risk you're actually exposed to. Mm-hmm. And this is what separates the smart investors. Most people say, I have $100. I'm going to bet this entire $100. A smart investor who is not necessarily rich will understand that of this $100, I can only bet so much, a dollar, $2.00. Which means, again, my focus has to be long-term because I'm trying to grow this $100, but I'm not trying to, like I say, bet it all on black or put it on a lotto with my last $2, you know. Even for what we do for our customers, we typically bet less than 1% of whatever they give us because what happens is we can be wrong. But when we're right, when we are inevitably right, we tend to profit multiples of what we put out there in risk to the market. And this is not unusual. This is not just us. This is, again, your apples as they're making bets on which technologies are going to be the new thing. They're deploying capital, but they're not putting their whole $200 billion in cash towards one thing. Neither should you. But when the time comes, as you're thinking about, I want to be an investor, I want to grow my money, you have to think about growing your money almost like you would a garden. Unless you're a commercial farmer, you probably, and even then, you don't want to grow just one thing. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't want to grow just cabbage or corn or tomatoes or whatever it is. If you look at my herb garden, there's tons of things in there. Each a lot is allotted as a portion, and this is how I kind of bring it home. Even, you know, uh, my uh, father-in-law is a farmer. You know, my, my wife's family, they have a long history of farming, and it comes to me in the same way. As they're planting their seeds, making their portions, they know that a certain amount of that is not going to come up. That's your risk. Your risk in growing your portfolio is that you're going to have losses. You're going to have unforeseen things. With a farmer, it's the weather. With a market, it could be a news report or it could be a war. But you take these things into consideration when you're trying to align, like Ashley said, what you're trying to do, where you're trying to go with how much money you have. And sometimes that's how much money you have. A lot of times, a lot of people, is not enough which makes them compelled, well, I need to take more risk. No, you don't. Taking more risk is, to me, tantamount with taking no risk at all. They're both the same in my book. They both end up losing. One ends up losing. Uh, let, me, let me jump in real quick. No, let me ahead. ask this jump, jump in real quick. So I want to ask this question specifically. It's really what you just said. And it was a question I had lined up. And it's just real, I think it's real dope for people to hear it from somebody like yourself. How much money do you need? to make money in the market? I know that's a real broad question, but I'm <laughs> still broad, yeah. want, 
I would like to see how you would narrow it down in a way for people to think about it a little differently because that is a question that people kind of have in mind. And I think it also would help with some of what you're talking about. Uh, let me throw this out real quick, then I'll let you jump in. Because uh, even, for example, we even did a couple shows on Bitcoin, if you will. One of the things that we would consistently highlight throughout that show, while you're hearing this information from somebody who's doing well in Bitcoin, we would keep highlighting, we're talking about less than 5% of your portfolio because that's what right. quite often is getting missed even when somebody has went and did the research, did the study to understand a particular market or a particular asset, and they're sharing with you with how to do it. If you're not recognizing the principle that Michael is talking about now, as you said, people will make the mistake and say, well, in order to make money, I will risk more, and that's the thing that you're asking them to avoid completely, and most people are doing that, getting the right information, but your risk is too high, so the right information is null and void if you lose it. Go ahead, brother. You want happy surprises, which you don't get often in the market unless you're able to expose yourself. So it's not about how much money do you need. You need less money than you need, which is why in the clip you talked about the guy that was talking about the simulated accounts. You can have simulated accounts at these brokerages that Ashley talked about that lets you play around with play money so you get some experience as you're reading up and growing and develop so you can get the mechanics. But you can start with as little as $10, $100 if you have the right mindset, which means that I understand that cash flow in this is key. And the reason why I say cash flow is king is because you have to have money, whether you're a big firm, whether you're a small business, whether you're a teacher or a doctor, you have to have money to be able to put aside so that you can take some risk, but you don't want to have all of your risk, all your eggs in one basket. Oh, I invested in stock. Well, it's great, but can you also invest some in stock, a few dollars here in crypto, a few things in, you know, maybe owning your own business or real estate? The more spread out, the, the, the money you need to be able to spread out your investments such that your entire garden or your farm can be productive in any seasons is how much money you need. But to be real, like I'll just take this up, you know, some people may say $100 is too little, $10,000 may be too much. That may seem exorbitant for somebody, and it may be depending on your situation. But if you think about any type of investment that is a prudent investment, not a speculative thing like crypto or Forex or options, the rule of thumb is probably going to be about for every dollar that you invest, anywhere from six to eight, so I guess we round seven cents on that dollar would be made every year. And there's tons of calculators. I love when people see this visually. Go to investor.gov, and they have an investment compound interest calculator. Play around with what it looks like to invest a certain amount of money at 7% interest for one year, five years, 10 years, 20 years, because – once you start to see, you'll get an idea of what looks good for you. So when I take in clients and we start talking about these things, this is one of the first things we do. We take them to a calculator and say, well, what is your number? Most people don't know their number. Then I say, right. well, let's back up. What do you want to do? How do you want to live? They can answer those questions. No, I love it. Let me, let me jump Ashley okay. and she has to go. Um, Ashley, real quick, if I can get you just four extra few minutes to answer this, because uh, uh, this is just your wheelhouse. So when, when y'all, if you're out there listening and you hear Michael say $100, 
Ashley loves the $100, but she only loves it if you're working with her as a financial coach, if it's an extra $100 and everything is taken care of. The problem yeah. is if you're, you know, so $100 may not sound like a lot, but if you're working with Ashley, she's going to say this $100 is a lot if you're just hearing about people being successful and you're taking a chance over here and this is not taken care of. That's what people, the biggest mistake that Ashley tries to have people avoid and not and back to knowing who you are before you even risk that 100 So if you will, Ashley, if you can close and speak with that, but thank you for staying on a little extra with us, Queen. And tell them how to stay in contact uh, with you as well. Yeah. So I, I, I just have a few things to say, and I'm going to keep it really brief. Um, I do think the $100 is a good amount because – Investing is about the discipline and the consistency. So if all you can afford right now is $100, that's not going to be the only amount that you're going to be investing. You're hopefully investing $100 every time it's available. So it's about doing really it comes down to what are you comfortable with losing, right? You, you should have this idea in your mind that if I lost this $100, I'm okay. That's why you are investing $100. If you have 1000 and you're okay with losing 1000 fine by me. But you need to have a number that you're comfortable with losing, and that comes by establishing a secure financial foundation. But I do want to point out that a smart investor is an informed investor, and that means that you're going beyond social media, that you're looking at the news, that you're looking at the economy, what's happening, because those are all indicators that tie into what your money is going to be doing. When you are looking at things now, if you don't believe we're in a recession, uh, I'm sorry, you haven't been paying attention to the same things that I've been paying attention to, right? We're already in it. This is why the market is happening. The news the news is trying to tell us that a recession is coming. No, we're already starting to see that decline across our economy. So in order for you to make these decisions, you have to be disciplined and consistent, and you have to stay informed. That's the only way that you are going to build this because this is a habit. This is a lifestyle. This is something that you do. You can't just jump into investing this month because it sounds good because of what you saw on IG, and then in six months you're done. You have to keep going. You have to keep putting money into it in order for it to pay off. Again, it's a long-term game. This is where you are continuing to pour money into what you want, knowing that it's going to take a while. So $100 might sound might not sound like a, not, a lot now, but in five years when your income has jumped up by 10% and now you're able to invest more than $100, you already have the discipline and the consistency to keep investing, which you can afford to lose. I but love it. How can you that's, say it? That's my three cents. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Making Money Matter, LLC, makingmoneymatter.org, makingmoneymatter at gmail.com. And I hope that you will join us on Monday for Making Money Matter Mondays. And that's it. Thank you all for having me. All right. We'll be thank right you, back. Answer. But all I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and T-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at MoneyMotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made $0 an hour. I like those. 
What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. And everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk, talk. They still know it's me. Because I look like money. Smell like money. Talk like money. Even walk like money. Are you serious about learning how to earn significant income on a regular basis as a trader or investor in the U.S. stock or foreign exchange markets? If so, you may be the perfect student to learn technical analysis for trading or investing at the Blacks Academy. With over 15 years of experience in investment strategies, here's what a current student recently said about his experience at Blacks Academy. Yeah, this class has been excellent, and I've had a lot of experience trading, but um, this is the most exposure that I've had to breaking down the theory behind TA. I'm really excited to continue the journey. For a similar experience, don't allow new traders with overnight success to promise you riches they can't deliver on. Instead, learn the foundations of trading and investing the right way at Blacks Academy. To learn more, visit them at blacks.academy online. That's B-L-A-X-E dot academy. Or search for Blacks Academy on YouTube. Welcome back to the Vincent Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with Special guest Michael Sutler for this morning's discussion question, stock market down, what are smart investors doing? Uh, we just had the the ability to be blessed with my Queens of Intellect member, Ashley Thomas, who had to leave us. Uh, Michael, I think you were highlighting you just love her. So uh, let's go ahead and give her some props before we talk about what you're doing at Blacks Academy um, coming up pretty soon. Again, thank you for being a, a, a past sponsor of this show. Um, keeping us on the air, so we do appreciate you for your support, if you will, and you are a Mastermind member um, as well. But with that said, uh, you were just highlighting um, that people need Ashley um, for what she does. So if you will, just highlight that, and then we'll tell them about Blacks Academy. Michael, are you there? You couldn't. I was on mute. That's what <laughs> I was on mute. Yeah, okay. but I was saying we have to give her her flowers. I can say as a professional trader and investor, entrepreneur, Ashley has to be, like, underrated because the fact that she has a spree. People pay all sorts of money to get the type of insight that she's talking about on these Making Money Matters Mondays with an actual, again, a doctor, you know, in uh, mental health. Yeah, yeah mental health, one of the things I found, and this is so interesting in looking at myself through this transition from, again, come from a little small town, you know, no, nowhere kind of town, middle class, you know, the American dream, going to college, getting a job, six-figure job, and then trading, being able to trade that for the entrepreneurship path, six figures trying to go for seven, seven trying to go for eight, the traumas that I did not know were aware of, you know, about my past, my parents, my town, things mm-hmm. you don't think about that you think you know yourself, they come up when money comes up. There is some number out there that will absolutely frighten you. There's some number out there that will make you lose your mind and, and on the other end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. This is what the, it's not about the money, it's about you. And for her to be able to host something where you can come in and even listen to and interact with, is so underrated, uh, you should be paying for it, is, is what I should say. 
I love it. And yeah, every one, every second Monday, um, this is something that she's super passionate about. I met Ashley some years ago, and um, literally, um, that was her focus. <laughs> that was her focus. She didn't even want to jump out publicly until she had the mental health part a part of it. And because we are married, you can imagine she had the same level of wealth um, that I mean, some sort of same level of knowledge that she right. has now. But she was like, I don't want to do this without the part that really affects how people do with money. Actually, I think I'm fortunate enough to get Brother Charles uh, Oglesby on as well. So we're going to go ahead and bring that brother in perfect timing. Uh, but with that said, man, uh, go ahead and tell them about your educational piece at Blacks Academy, and then we'll introduce uh, Charles uh, as a panelist. He don't know it, but we've been talking about him the whole time anyway with some <laughs> right. of his quotes from his page, but we'll bring him in after you uh, let people know how they can get education, not only, like you said, with Making Money Matters every second Monday with Ashley, a free a free thing. I think you're actually offering something, I think, for the first time free with the Blacks Academy, right. what you told me. But go ahead and break that down, brother, before we introduce Charles. Well, yeah, I'm happy, pleased to announce that we're going to start our fall boot camp this upcoming week on Wednesdays, every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, for the first two weeks, we're going to start off with in this first two weeks of a six-week total program, but the first few weeks we're going to have three sessions, one that's going to give love to the traders, people who want to learn more about trading, how it's really done. We're going to do a, what I call a live market update where we're going to talk about where the market's been for the last month and really for the last quarter and what to expect in this fourth quarter of 2022. Um, but we're going to also talk about a strategy, a really simple-to-us strategy, once you learn our tools at Blacks Academy on how to trade earnings, because if you're not familiar, the earnings reports for companies are the reports of how well the companies have done in the last quarter or 90 days. These reports cause volatility in lots of stocks, even your stocks like Apple, Amazon, uh, very recently Netflix, a lot of your tech firms, but all publicly traded companies have to report earnings, and a lot of these earnings, to some degree, if you have some skill, and you can learn that skill at Blacks Academy, can be exploited for profit with calculated risk, and we show how to do that strategy in the first week. It's open to everybody. We're going to have a Zoom link. Go to Blacks Academy, sign up. In the second week, we're going to have three sessions, a couple with some partners of ours, like Martin Investment Group and also Freeman Capital, which is a, a financial advisor and planner. We're going to talk about how to look at what we call seasonality in the stock market. Seasonality is just like what you, what you hear in the word. The market changes how it behaves, economic, quote-unquote, season. And there are certain things that happen at certain times of the year because of human behavior. <clears throat> we'll explore some of that. My favorite session is going to be our ride strategy. You heard us talk a little bit about recession. You say, Ashley said that she's – feels like that recession is already here. Well, our RIDE strategy, the acronym stands for Recession, Inflation, and Decelerating Economics, which is the situation we have in the United States right now, really at a global world, global strategy. We talk about how to invest in markets and how to think about investors. Like I said, smart, smart investors really talk about how they think more so than what to buy. And we talk about that in that session. I'm really excited about the RISE strategy. And then on the next day, this is going to be October 20th, we're going to have financial planning tips for both traders and investors so you can stay on top of your finances 
from top to bottom once you actually start earning. And then in weeks four, three, four, five, and six, you'd have to sign up for one of our lifetime memberships. I encourage you to go out and take a look. It's an incredible value. You either see it or you don't. I get it. But our lifetime members get access to all of our courses now, all of our lives, and courses in the future into perpetuity. We won't keep this up forever, so if you don't want to miss out, you have a little coins. One of the best ways to better yourself in recession is to gain more skills, and I can promise you at Blacks Academy, you will gain more skills. And I don't know guarantees, but that's one I No, absolutely. Love it. Love it. And if you're just now tuning in, we've already highlighted at the beginning of the show, uh, Michael is a licensed, um, and so that makes a huge difference in what he can and can't say. This is not simply getting on the Internet and promising anything. As he just said, he cannot guarantee anything, but you are just someone who is licensed and understands the game and, and is really giving you the information. Again, we bring you vetted people. With that said, our next vetted person is Brother Charles Oglesby from Tide Capital. Um, thank you, King, for jumping on with us for this last 30 minutes. We're going to try to uh, pick your brain for as much knowledge as we can. we got a minute and a half before we go to our next break. I do have sponsors keeping this show on the air. So if you will, Brother, introduce yourself. We, we've talked about options on a small basis, but you are the expert in options, if you will. Uh, but if you will, introduce yourself, King. Give people a little bit of your background. We'll go to break, and then we'll get into some of your thoughts on this morning's discussion after this break. So just really just give me your background, which I know is quite extensive when it comes to studying um, the market, if you will. Thank you for being with us, King. Awesome, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, you guys can hear me, right? Yeah, you're coming through loud and clear. Absolutely. So, yep. Yeah, I've got a minute and a half. Give me the background. We'll go to break, and we'll get started with your thoughts after that. Sorry about that. But, um, yeah, my name is Charles Oglesby. Uh, the company's in this Tide Capital on the Internet. For the longest time, I'm about Tide Millionaire. And uh, the reason why is it was just more of an aspirational name of what I wanted to reach towards. And so I read a long time that you got to kind of call those things to be not as though they were. You also got to call yourself those things that you hope to become. So, before all of that happened, um, I was in college. I got an degree in finance. Um, from there, I ended up going to work as a licensed financial advisor and then left that firm, ended up working in financial planning, and then ultimately ended up in private banking. And private banking was a role that I worked in where you had to be licensed because you're still selling securities. And so I did that for some time and then went to law school. And then after leaving law school, then I went and I worked in a family office. And so what's interesting about my story is the wealth of my clients have just increased as my career has increased. So as a financial advisor, I was working with small IRAs. As a private client or as a private client banker, I was working with people that had over a quarter million dollars in assets or more. Uh, usually I was around like the $900,000 mark. And then my last stop in like the finance world, like professionally as a career, was working with a family that had over $200 million in assets. So I was able to see a lot of really, really cool things, um, but I've always been in tune with the stock market. I've been following the stock market for about 15 years, if not more. And um, yeah, so then ultimately what I did is I created a company called Tide Capital, and the company Tide Capital was really to fill the niche between you have these large, these large companies like your Edward Jones, your Chase, your J.P. Morgan, your Goldman Sachs, and they don't serve clients that look like us. But that doesn't mean that African-American people don't need help with their finances. So I created a company called Tide Capital. In the beginning, we started off as a free finance, or a free investment club. And so we were uh, investing in stocks, holding them long-term. We got about a 47% return 
and then we kicked out the returns to all of the partners and then reinvested that money and got another 50% on top of that money. So did that and then decided we wanted to start investing in real estate. We bought a bunch of properties in Detroit that we still own to this day. And then ultimately I learned that I can actually probably teach more people than I can actually work with on a one-on-one basis. So I turned that into an education company and that investment education company has probably served about 40,000 people to date. So that's kind of where I am right now, mostly in the investment education space and then, of course, managing my own portfolio. I love it. Again, as I told you, Dialogue and Connect is what we do best. We vet the people that we bring. This brother came at the recommendation of Andre Hatchett. And so that's all I needed. I met him at um, Andre's party just to highlight that. I don't know if you remember we met. We sat beside each other, brother. Uh, but thank you for willing to come, to come on the show. We are going to go to a break, and we're going to get hot and heavy in these last 30 minutes as we continue this morning's discussion. Stop market down. What are smart investors doing? We'll be right back. Well, all I ask is that you think. Hey, Smithoff, where you find that Prince Sign of the Times on vinyl at? Real talk, you got a dope vinyl collection. What, you been collecting them, like, over the years or something? No, actually, I just started my collection. But my man Tobago over at DBS Sounds, he be hooking me up. You remember DBS Sounds? On the south side? They still around? I figured most of the record stores in Atlanta be closed by now. Hey, vinyl is the new wave, and DBS Sounds got the best collection in town. You can still go there and flip through vinyl. They still got CDs and mixtapes, too. Let me check the IG page at DBS Sounds ATL. They still be having artists in stores and everything. Hey, you want to run by there? Hey, man, I ain't got time right now. I got to go back to Cali tomorrow, but I might have to catch them next time. I'm in. Oh, nah, you good. Even when you get home, you can just shop at their online store at dbssounds.com. They'll ship directly to you anywhere in the country. Matter of fact, jump on dbssounds.com on your phone and order straight from there. Word? Hey, I'm about to get my music game up. Hey, what's their address? In case I get a chance to swing by there, I'm, I'm going to pick up that new Kendra Lamar CD. Oh, they at 6604 Highway 85, Riverdale, Georgia. Bet. LNG Technology Services, we are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services at 478-781-4860. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478-781-4860. LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community. If you have a product or service that you would like to get out to the smartest audience and all of radio, the intellectual outcasts out there listening, please call me directly, 404-604-9477. If you're an individual and you like the return of intelligent radio, as we call ourselves, please visit mentaldialogue.com and become a member on at the gold level if you're wanting to support what we're doing at the platinum and black levels for those who are in business and would like to advertise or be a part of our mental dialogue masterminds. This morning's discussion question, stock market down. What are smart investors doing? We are fortunate enough to have on Michael Sutler, uh, Chief Investment Officer of FC Capital, as well as Charles Ogletree, CEO of Tide Capital. I'm actually going to hit Todd since he's getting with us here. I'm going to hit him with a quote of his that I pulled from his page. I just want to hear him kind of go further in these thoughts. 
one thing you said on your page, that's what we've been doing, actually, um, um, Charles, to let you know, we were highlighting some of your quotes and just having dialogue about it because, again, you put things, in my opinion, very succinctly as an educator in this place, in this space, and I like following your page because you put out, in my opinion, quick thoughts that make us think. And one thing that you had said was, getting rich is mostly a game of offense not defense. I love this quote because, as you mentioned a little earlier, we talked about this where in our culture, we typically be, tend to be a conservative culture within the African-American community. And so I love this quote because it begins to make us think about how do you really get the bag from a different perspective than conservatively being on defense, if you will. But if you will, go ahead and break down what you meant further by that thought, if you will. Yeah, so Man, it, it covers so many different aspects. I, I feel like business and investing are actually interrelated. Um, a lot of the things that we're, I mean, most of the things that we're investing in are an actual business. And so when I think about that quote, I look at it from a business perspective first. Okay. And then I tell everybody that I work with that your responsibility as a business owner is to be a marketer. Like that's your only responsibility in the beginning. Whereas a lot of us think that it's our responsibility to service our customer and just fulfill the need of whatever your service is. So, for example, if you prepare taxes, a lot of people end up spending all their time as a, quote, business owner preparing taxes as opposed to finding new tax customers. And so that's the offensive side of it. The defensive side of it is is catching the customers that you brought in. Now, in order for you to really be successful, and I didn't really become successful until I went all in on just marketing and bringing in customers. That's the only thing that I did. I woke up marketing, went to sleep marketing, and was marketing while I was sleeping. And so marketing, for a lot of people, can seem kind of maybe embarrassing, putting yourself out there, asking for the sale, but you have to become immune to that. You have to kind of become numb to it and develop that callus so that you can do what you have to do to build that business. Now, as it pertains to investing, like in the stock market, we're in a unique situation. So we're in a situation where a lot of people would say that the stock market is down. I have a, a, an interesting kind of take on that because I, I kind of judge the market based off of pandemic levels and pre-pandemic levels. And so if you look at like the S&P index where it was trading at pre-pandemic levels, it was effectively cut in half um, post-pandemic. So if you look at March 2020, the stock market got cut in half. And then what happened is it corrected and it went back to where it was pre-pandemic and it continued to run because there was just so much hype and mania in the stock market that it continued mm-hmm. to run so much so that it became overvalued. So the idea that the stock market is down is on one hand true, but it's also, if you look at what I look at, where I'm looking at the value of what you're owning, it was overvalued. So it had to come down. It had right. to come down to its true value because those, those values weren't sustainable, particularly if we're looking at the tech sector. So if you're looking at a lot of those companies that were companies that benefited through the pandemic, Amazon, Zoom, Peloton, those kind of companies, they became so propped up that they had to ultimately come down. So when I look at offense now, I'm looking at finding companies that are high-quality companies that are, that are that potentially could be either undervalued or right at value because that, that means there's some upside and the downside is likely already kind of like behind us. And so offense means constantly looking for opportunities, constantly looking to refine the portfolio that we do have, because just because you have portfolio and some holdings doesn't mean that you should be just sitting there bag holding, hoping that they return. The offense 
defense is, is sitting there waiting for what you have to go back. I tell people that you don't have to make your money back the same way that you lost it. So if you've made losses in the stock market, a lot of people don't want to close those positions because technically it's not a loss until it's sold. But right. what you'd be better off doing is finding that new offensive opportunity to set the pop than playing the defense and waiting for what you already own to recover. In my life, i found that in the stock market, if I've made a bad trade, if I've made a bad buy and hold position, it's best to pivot out of it because the thesis for that stock is likely changed if it's, if it's where it is presently, meaning that the reason why I bought it is no longer existent. So I need to find something else with a more optimistic and positive sentiment. And so I would say offense is just aggressively looking for opportunities, aggressively marketing and promoting your brand and building your brand, and, and letting the defense kind of take care of itself. The defense is going to take care of itself. It's easier to play defense than it is to play offense. And that's why so many people play defense because you have to think and strategize and try new things and, and put more faith out there when you're going on the offense. But the offense is what's going to give you those exponential returns, whereas the defense is only going to let you maintain what you have, if not watch what you have erode. Now, deep thoughts. Michael, um, in hearing, again, another expert investor figuring this game out as best he can, um, your thoughts on what he had to say about his own quote. Uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of that resonates with you. Oh, yeah, of course. And, uh, Charles, I appreciate you coming on. I'd like to take the offense defense a little bit um, and take another quote that we probably all have heard and say that the best defense is, of course, a good offense. And so I would like to emphasize that if you're going to play offense, you need to play it well. You can't just go out like, uh, you know, where you were saying like, oh, there's a level of what I call control aggression, and I got this from, like, football coaches and things enough to kind of further emphasize the uh, analogy here, is that as you're going to aggressively look for these opportunities, Charles said something that's very important. He said focus on your brand. And, you know, brother, I really wish I'd talked to you before I got into business for myself seven years ago because my focus was on, you know, performance as an investment advisor, a trading advisor, and, you know, that client service and not necessarily on marketing. Now, granted, when you're in the fun world, marketing can be a little bit iffy, but your goal, he's right, the goal is to get more customers. As an investor, though, especially one that has maybe been battered in the market, I think by focusing on your brand, you come back into the same thing and saying, hey, what skills can I do to better promote myself, to make myself more knowledgeable about the market? That points back to, again, uh, Charles' product, you know, his uh, pod capital, but also to, like we're talking about with our Blacks Academy uh, fall boot camp. We're going to talk about how you can develop the skills to understand what you're looking at when you're looking at the market. That's the key to developing a good offense because the way that you look at it as a layperson versus me having 17 years of experience, good, bad, ugly, indifferent, everything in between, it's going to be relatively different. I can listen to an investor and generally tell you how much money they dealt with. We want to give that experience to other people as well so that you can look at your portfolio, like you say, as being down and being able to see what is the difference between, you know, one company versus another on a valuation basis like he was talking about. Is it fairly valued? Is it undervalued? You know, what is this forward-looking multiples going forward? And if you don't understand these terms, this is what we mean by, again, bettering your brand, you know, bettering your education and getting your skill set up. Uh, as we talk about that, you know, that ride strategy, you know, recession, in, uh, the recession, inflation, 
decelerated economic scheme, my take is I don't really care if we're in a recession or not. My job is to make sure that whatever I pick, I'm, I'm basically using good decision-making skills with limited information. I don't have to be right. I just have to find that typical point that, oh, this company looks like their upside outweighs their downside by something I can measure and feel. Now, that makes sense, and that sounds like exactly what Todd was talking about in aggressively finding those companies like that. So um, love that consistency. Um, area code 310, last three, 376. Um, first time seeing that number. If you're trying to get on, you have to press one. My regular listeners know that. If you're online, the number six four, the number to get in on this call, we only have a one last segment, it's 646-787-1691. You do have to press one to let us know you want to speak. If you're just listening via the phone, no problem. If you're trying to speak, you do have to press one. Let me go ahead and go to our last break and, and, and close out this amazing show um, thus far. Stock market down. What are smart investors doing? We'll be right back. Where all I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes. And I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit. And what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made $0 an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. And everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk, talk. They still know it's me. Because I look like money. Smell like money. Talk like money. Even walk like money. Are you intimidated by money? Well, this is a question most people never think to ask themselves. But when forced to think about it, many people realize they have unrecognized fears that truly affect how they deal with money. If you want to learn more about money and the fears that keep you from prosperity, join us for Making Money Matter Mondays, where money meets mental health with personal finance coach Ashley Thomas and psychotherapist Dr. Katrina Pitt. Every second Monday of the month, find out if you're intimidated by money and what to do about it. To receive a link to this free Zoom event, please DM the Making Money Matter or the Mentor Dialogue Instagram pages or contact 404-604-9477. My dad told me this shit before he passed. He was like, yo, when you're with your boys, ask them what their million-dollar plan is. And if they don't have one, you kind of got to exercise yourself from that, from that group. He was like, and I was like, why? He was like, because they're going to hate on your plan. You know what I'm saying? Like you guys, he's like, it's not about the money. He's like, you got, you got to have people around you who have ways that they feel like they're going to make their bag. That way you guys grow. If somebody doesn't have a way and they want to sort of, they'll either hate on yours, try to piggyback on yours. Y'all need to have things that you can grow together on. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. 
I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Soccer TV. This morning's discussion question, stock market down. What are smart investors doing? Our special guest is Michael Sutler, Chief Investment Officer for SC Capital, as well as Charles Oglesby, CEO of Tide Capital. As I found this cut, as I said, we spent this morning perusing your page, if you will, um, Charles, and that was a video you played, and I thought it would be remiss not to have this discussion and talk about the human element that applies to all of this, whereas all the technical um, advice you can get on how to be a smarter investor. And as we, we had Ashley on as a financial coach, if you will, saying, look, have your foundation before you start risking money. Don't risk money that you don't have and all that advice. At the end of the day, some of your elevation of being a smart investor also includes who you surround yourself with, and I know you are big on that. So if you could speak to that as it applies to this very discussion, I would love to hear your thoughts, King. I think one of the coolest things that's emerged since the pandemic is these online communities. And so I have a community that's called the Todd Capital Options Community, and it's a group of people who just talk stocks daily, day in and day out. And being around the right environment is going to help you just trip over information, trip over new opportunities, trip over new skill set, um, where you can have so many different eyeballs on the market, so many different eyeballs um, and brains involved. And so you kind of effectively create this mastermind effect. So these online communities, there's so many of them out there. Of course, I have mine. There's the Well Squad out there. A lot of different people have created their own, like, discords and online platforms. I was just speaking to a group called Empify. They have their own platform. And it's important because a lot of times what we end up doing is we try to pull our friends and our family into things that interest us. And what happens with that is you spend a lot of time trying to convince and not, a time, not enough time learning and growing and taking action on these new that you want to go into. I'm a part of a golf group chat. And I found the group chat because I was out on the golf course once. I just put myself in the environment by myself. And in this golf group chat, you have other dudes who are in there who love golf, who are excited to play golf, who are investing in their skill set, who are taking lessons, who are down to play whenever. And me finding that new group of friends is so much better than for me than trying to pull my old group of friends into golf. And so the same thing is true with anything that you do. And the great thing about it is we have access to all these people through the Internet. So you don't necessarily have to really do anything but just talk about what you enjoy talking about, and these people are going to find you, or you can find them. You can search up their hashtags. You can look at different pages, things like that. And so that community is so important. When it comes to what you should be risking in the stock market, I always tell people that the way that you manage your risk is by managing what you put at risk. That's the first step. Of course, there's other things in there, such as like charting and entry points, exit points, things of that nature. But at the very least, I have a friend named Don Buck, and he said, think of an amount of money that if you lost, like it fell out of your pocket, you would stop and pick it back up. What is that number? For most people, that might be 20 bucks, 25 bucks, 100 bucks. But for some reason, there's this disconnect when we get into the stock market where we just start throwing money at things that look like opportunities which and sometimes these groups can be kind of bad because they start having, like, call-out groups, and they're just calling out stocks that don't make sense. If you, of course, it's your own due diligence. But think of an amount of money that if you lost it on the street, it would cause you concern. Now, what I do tell people also is to take whatever you have to invest with, break that into tenths, 
and invest based on those tents. So if you have $1,000, we're going to be making trades with 100 bucks. If you have 10000 I still wouldn't recommend that you still start smaller. I don't like people to start trading in the stock market with a large, substantial amount of money. In fact, I used to tell people that they should be trading with paper and get at least 20 to 25 paper trades in before they even go live in an account. But you want to start small, kind of stay small until you get consistent, until your wins are outweighing your losses because the losses are going to come when you're trading. The goal is just to make sure that you have a better batting average so that you are your wins are outweighing that. The great thing about options, though, is options allow your wins to far make up for your losses. And so with options trading, you have this leverage. And leverage is going to give you 100 shares per contract. So instead of buying the 100 shares of Amazon and paying five figures, you can buy a contract at Amazon and pay maybe like $1,000, $2,000, but you still have access to the same amount of momentum as if you own those 100 shares. And Amazon is a stock that moves multiple dollars per day. So you can start doing the math on how much you can make and you multiply that times 100. But at the end of the day, I want people to look at investing as a lifelong pursuit, not a get-rich-quick, get-money-quick thing. Can you make money in the stock market? Absolutely. But you have to commit to the process of making money in the stock market, and that's going to come by starting small, getting into these groups, getting around people that are going to expose you to new information because as you're looking for new information, they're out there looking for new information as well. So they're on YouTube, they're on Google, they're buying courses, they're going in content. And what they're going to do is they're going to bring that back to the group, like the family, and everybody grows that way. So there's just a lot of things that I've, I've kind of said in that, but I think that the first thing is to stay small, start small, and, and, and don't be afraid to trade paper. Trading paper is just as fun as trading the real thing because, I mean, as the stock market moves, so does your account. And for a long time, these things didn't exist. They didn't have paper options accounts. You were lucky if you could find a paper with regular investment account on the internet but now they have paper options accounts to give you all the technical analysis and uh, analytical and charting tools and you got to learn that skill so those are some thoughts there no i love it let me highlight this and you know we got uh, so many minutes here but i want to highlight this and it's something that michael has highlighted on a previous show that i saw you highlight and it fits right into what you're saying so when you hear charles saying hey start small and even advising paper accounts paper accounts meaning you you know, you simulate it. Just make sure anybody who may not be clear on that, you're simulating it and doing the exact same thing you would do with your money. I love the advice where he says, hey, get good at the paper account, paper account and make sure you're winning more than you're losing before you put your money in. I love that advice. Uh, the biggest thing I, I – I couldn't find this again, Todd, I mean, I'm sorry, Charles, but um, you said this, and Michael said this on a previous show because we had a show where we talked about how can people take advantage of the quote-unquote recession? And Michael highlighted all of these amazing jobs that are going to come on the, online here in the future. Uh, one of them was like a wind turbine um, engineer or something. I forgot what the title of it was. But you highlighted when the yeah, market is down. You, yeah, what was it again, Michael? It was a wind turbine technician. Yeah, wind turbine technician. But I saw you highlight when the market goes down, you get on uh, – what was it you said, um Indeed, and you because you're trying to get people conceptualize, you can get a whole bunch of money during this time that you can then use to invest and add to your money because you're always trying to advise people not to think of investing as getting rich. You need a, usually a, a decent amount for it to lend out the kind of money where you can live off of it or, in, you know, as you I see you on your page, invest 
with your investment. So if you could just kind of briefly speak to that, because I watch Michael as a someone who does this for a living, encourage people to go get the income that can make you the money to come to him. So if you could speak on that as well. Well, 100%. I put out a post recently, and I, had, I was interviewing a brother on my podcast, and we were talking about how business is actually what makes you rich, and then investing to a certain extent is how you maintain your riches. And so I'm really big on getting the income up. Um, even if you don't have a business just yet, you should be you should be working like multiple, multiple hours, well over 40 hours. Because what's going to happen is that the way it's designed is that 40 hours is really just to sustain you. Everything you work over those 40, now that's going to actually give you that gap so that you can invest. Um, speaking to business, what happens when you, when you build a substantial business, you end up investing by default because you're making so much money that you have to invest. You have to put it somewhere. Otherwise, it's just going to either sit in your checking account and get spent on silly things, or it's going to sit in your savings account and erode away um, as it pertains to inflation and the low savings interest rates. And so I'm so big on getting your income up. And, again, that speaks to offense because you have to play offense. It's not just investing weight. It's you need to be building while you invest. And so it's a few different things. It's your income. And if you only have a, if you only have a job, then you need to be starting that side business on the side, a legit side business, not necessarily a side hustle that can ultimately grow to overtake your job. And while you're doing that, you should be investing what you have because you're going to be learning the skill set with what you have. And so I don't want to tell people to wait until you have big money to start right. investing. Right. Because the large, you want to at least have the skill set and the experience in the market so that You've seen those things before, so that when you do get big money, it's not foreign to you, it's not new to you. But absolutely, you have to get your money up because it's going to make it so much easier. A lot of what I do right now with the Sizemore portfolio is just buy and hold and collect dividends. And so I bought a few pretty pretty good dividend-paying companies. FPG is one of them, and then I own some IEP. And those dividends fund my lifestyle, and then I still continue to run the business to just grow my investment account. But you, it's not it's – not, one or the other. It's all of the above. No, I love it. Um, so, hey, man, you, you killed this 30 minutes, so I'm glad you were able to jump on. We only got a couple of minutes to go before we go. So, if you will, let people know how they can, one, stay in contact with you, follow you, but take your courses. And if you could cut it down to a minute, because I got to leave another minute for Michael to, you know, give out his public information. But thank both of y'all for an amazing show. Thank you for your time, brother. We'll definitely get you back on in the future. We visit, we visit these shows every five or six weeks as we discuss race, sex, and culture uh, throughout. But we definitely sneak in conversations like this. But if you will, let them know how they can stay in contact. Thank you for your time, King. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, I can find on I can be found on Instagram at Todd.capital. Um, I'm also going to be running it on the options course. It's going to be a pay-what-you-want sale. So whatever you think that course is worth, you can go ahead and pay that. I'm going to be dropping the link. It's going to be the top link in my bio and running that today only. So if you guys are listening to this, give me about 30 minutes while I put that up there, and it'll be ready to go. Um, that's at Todd.capital. You can find that there. It's the best on the options course. I've seen so many people take the information that I've put out there and make an insane amount of money. Um, you do have to be patient with it. You do have to work the process, but it really blew my mind because when we think about the stock market and we think about um, representation of us in the stock market, a lot of the times we think that options are too risky, they're too complicated, we'll never get it. If the longest time I thought that until people proved me wrong, people started taking my course and started making their money back the very next day and then going on to grow different accounts. They've, they started their own options courses. They created their own options community and they're continuing to make 
decent sums of money in the stock market through options. I love the stock market, but I feel like where we are as a culture where a lot of us don't have those large six, seven-figure portfolios, what we can be doing with the thousands that we do have is leveraging and growing it with options. So nah, fair enough, definitely. fair enough. And I've seen I've seen uh, the testimonies as well. No, no, I'm, I'm just making sure I'm leaving time for Michael as well. And uh, yeah. for anybody out so, there yeah, already follows me, <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. For anybody that follows me, if it's if you follow him at Tide Capital, but if you miss it, y'all can ask me in the DM. Michael, if you will, let them know how they can follow you with Blacks Academy and the stuff you're doing as well. Thank both of you. Thank you, King, for coming on this morning. Go ahead, King. Of course, you can find us on our website, Blacks, B-L-A-X-E dot capital. And you can find us on IG at the same name, at B-L-A-X-E dot capital. And, um, of course, we have a whole boot camp. Like I said, the two free sessions coming up this Wednesday, 7 p.m., and next Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, October 18th through 20th. Come to our website, sign up for the free stuff. Check out some of our courses. We talk about the stock market, options, futures, Forex, the entire breadth of the market that I've had 17 years of pleasure of being a market operator and now an educator in. So also, if you would like to talk some more about financial advice, uh, look at me at SC Capital Management. That's sccmanagement.com and set up uh, – just go down to the bottom of the page and look for one of our free consultations. Thank you, Love Montoya, for your time. Everybody. Uh, thank both of you. I will see y'all next Saturday. All I ask is that you think.